All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Daily Face-Off podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 16 of the Daily Face-Off Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. No Biebs Bondi. He's enjoying the Blue Stones. But we got Dylan D. Berthium back on the mic today. How's it going, D? Oh, just peachy, Brock. Yeah, we just uh, messed around with the audio for about 35 minutes and finally got it working again. I don't know. Didn't touch anything, apparently. I'm sure it sounds great. It's got to be the ghosts of, you know, Halloween ghosts or something. We're out here just messing with all the stuff to try to mess. With. I don't know. It made no sense. Like, that has to be it. I was it's thinking got, the exact same thing. It had to be, right? Anyways. Um, so, yeah, just the two of us today. We are going to take a look back um, at our preseason rankings. Not our rankings, but like our sleepers, our busts, our breakouts from the preseason. And just do an audit of where they're at now and how they're performing. Because chances are, if you've been listening to this po- podcast throughout, you have a lot of the sleepers, a lot of the breakouts that we had mentioned during the preseason. So if that's the case and some of them are underperforming or some of them are overperforming, we're just going to take a quick audit of the players we talked about and let you guys know our thoughts on their first month of the season and maybe what you should do with them if they're struggling, what we should do with them if they're excelling. And uh, and yeah, maybe a little bit of flexing along the way as well. Sure. And maybe a little bit of crying if we, if we messed up along the way. But let's start. We'll go center, winger. Defensemen, goalies. So we'll uh, we'll follow your, you know, just like we did in the preseason. Sure. Follow the positional uh, lineage. So let's start with the centers. My sleeper was Braden Point. 
your sleeper was Mark. Sorry, mine was Rupe Hints. Biebs's was Braden Point, right. and yours was Mark Shifley. Um, we'll start with Mark Shifley because I think he was the one that we talked about the most during the preseason. Yeah, and he's been off to a, a pretty good start, all things considered. I mean, Kyle Connor has not been great, which is why Mark Shifley has zero assists <laughs> in nine games. But six goals is is what you were looking for. You're looking for a 30 goal guy here and, and hopefully around 40 assists and six goals through nine games certainly gets him on that early season goal pace. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're hopeful or expecting the uh, assist totals to rebound sooner than later. Um, he's averaged or has maintained over 40 assists for the last four seasons in a row. Um, was never really a concern, obviously. And like you said, the slow start that Connor has gotten off to, uh, you would expect once that line finds its footing, uh, the assists will start pouring in for him, catch up to the goal scoring. But like you said, the goals, uh, more than make up for it, uh, being able to net six times already in nine games, not the smoothest ride. Uh, it's been a little bit bumpy, but, uh, you're definitely happy with the return. And like we said, better days to come. So yeah, I actually think they've had a pretty, uh, unfortunate start to the season, all things considered, um, so for him to, you know, be coming out of those first nine games with, yeah, no assists, which, you know, uh, good luck finding another nine game stretch in his career where that happens. But, uh, like I said, six goals certainly salvages that and you feeling a lot better, about the rest of the season to come. So, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of room to, to move him. I think he's one that you just kind of keep hold on because obviously, um, his name value had dropped before the year he was going, I think 130th, 135th. Uh, in terms of ADP. So he was way down there. He scored a lot of goals, but I don't think it's enough to really drive him up uh, the charts in a lot of people's minds. So I would just be happy with that return on investment um, and just kind of sit tight for now and uh, wait for the rest of his uh, linemen to start clicking and, and finding the back of the net. Yeah, he was like our most glaring sleeper. He was just going so late. When we talked about him on the center episode, he was going 132.6. So on ice shooting percentage of eight right now with with Kyle Connor and Shifley, so not terrible. But Kyle Connor just man, like he just cannot get the puck in the back of the net. Just really struggling to find it. And I think once that happens, we'll we'll see the bounce back. But yeah, I don't think like you said, you're just kind of happy with him if you if you waited on defensemen or uh, sorry if you waited on centers and drafted the defensemen and the goalies and wingers early. You're probably sitting in a pretty good spot if you've got Mark Shifley as like your number two center or something like that. So definitely just a good draft pick and. Um, you know, somebody that's certainly helping your roster. I had Rupe Hintz, as I mentioned, five goals, seven assists, 12 points in 10 games. He's been off to a terrific start, shooting 25%. On ice shooting percentage is 15%. Um, the minutes we were we talked about a couple weeks ago, they've bounced back a little bit. Um, they're, you know, we talked about how they were playing like 15 minutes a night-ish there in the first five games. They've been playing more lately. They're around 17 minutes, uh, 18 minutes most nights now. So Dallas won maybe, you know, wasn't, as doomed as we thought they could be if they were only playing 15 minutes a night. So they have bounced back a little bit in that time. Um, Rupe's picked up five points in five games. Is he still somebody that you're kind of looking to move though? I think so. Just in the sense that um, he's been a bit fortunate to start the season there. He's shooting 25%. That line is obviously very hot. Like you said, on ice shooting percentage rate around 15%. The power play production could see an increase as well to kind of offset some of that regression, but I still kind of view him more as uh, a point per game, kind of what he was last year, right? 72 points in 80 games, 37 goals, 35 assists. So a lot of value there. And certainly uh, another guy who was just like, like you pointed out a glaringly obvious value on draft day. Um, but I think some people might be looking at, you know, how hot that line is and how great he's been this year and think he's kind of taken the next step forward. But I don't think 
that really happens without him getting unleashed in terms of his ice time where, yeah, it's been better, but it's like, you know, it's closer to what it was last season where we'd like to see it not just get back to 18 minutes a night, but be closer to 20 minutes. Right. So I don't think he gets to like a 90, 95 point pace this year without getting all those extra minutes. And I just think they're too deep. That's not really a need for them. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think he kind of, uh, like I said, his upside caps out around a point per game this year. So if you can get, uh, someone to buy into him and think he's taking that step forward. Maybe he's a 9,500 point pace guy. Um, then I think he'd be worth moving, but you obviously got to be making sure you're getting some decent value there in return. Cause he's still going to be a very productive player the rest of the year. Would you try to move him? Like somebody that sticks out to me, that's kind of struggled out of the gate that went much earlier in the draft is like Alexander Barkoff. Yeah. Like that would be a return that you'd be looking for with hints like that would to me that's kind of the return that you'd have to get in order for me to move them like well yeah you're looking for someone like i said that has that 90 to 100 upside that that like i said i don't think hints has unless his usage really kicks up because he's just not gonna be able to shoot 25 percent uh and maintain it a 50 percent on ice shooting percentage all year speaking of usage alexander barkov averaging over 22 and a half minutes per game this season so the panthers have really struggled out of the gates i mean in this last week I think they've lost to the Blue Jackets, no, the Blackhawks, the Flyers, and the Coyotes in the span of a week. It's a tough week. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of their struggles, I think, come down to goaltending as well, right? Mm-hmm. I think the two of them have combined for like an 890 save percentage so far this year. It so. has not been pretty. No, it hasn't been great. And yeah, obviously, Barkov hasn't had the hottest start, but you feel just fine about him getting it together. I think Chuck looks great. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, they were always going to be hard pressed to repeat what they did last year. So uh, if you're not getting uh, elite goaltending, you're really never going to be able to flirt with that. So um, I, I'm still hopeful, and I would expect them to turn around. I still think they're going to score a lot of goals this year, and I, I still think he'll be uh, what we expect Alexander Barkov to be. Yeah, he's averaging um, 3.4 shots per game right now. So on pace, or about 280 shots over the course of a season. Certainly could be a guy that could score at a 40-goal pace from here on out yeah. and, uh, and, and return some, you know, I, I think he's a great trade target right now, though. I think Sebastian Aho is probably in the same boat, but I still, like, we talked about Aho during the preseason as just somebody that's been very, um, he's got four goals, six assists, and ten, not, he's quietly got ten points, I guess. He just doesn't, like, I have him in a couple leagues, and it doesn't seem like he's making a splash. He's just picking up a point every single game. Well, that's what he's done yeah, for the last yeah. four or five years, right? And just, just doesn't just have that elite trouble, upside. Yeah, pushing um, his production to that next level, so... But yeah, uh, Barkov would be a guy I'd be kind of looking to to pick up if I was moving Rupe Hints. Um, Braden Point was Biebs's sleeper, and Point's been off to a great start as well. His ADP was 117, uh, and playing on that top line with Nikita Kucherov usually, you know, ends in good things, and he's been really, really solid as well. Five goals, five assists, 10 points in 10 games. Uh, shooting 17%, which is right around his career average. On ice shooting percentage is 12%, which is actually below his career average. So no red flags here from Braden Point. All good things. Um, I, I yeah, like he, he's great. <laughs> I I don't really. There's not much you can really say. Like I, he's similar to Sebastian Aho to me in a way where I I don't know if he has like a true number one center ceiling, but he's going to be very productive all season. So like I don't know what kind of return you could get for Braden Point if you wanted to move him. I think you basically just kind of lock in this point per game player. Yeah, I mean he. He had that, you flashed it, he had the 92-point season mm-hmm. in 2018-19, but that was on the back of a 21% personal shooting percentage, uh, a 14.6 on-ice shooting percentage. So the on-ice shooting percentage honestly isn't as big of a concern. Like you, He's had a career shooting percentage of 13%. That's going to happen when you spend most of your minutes playing with Kucherov and Stamkos. 
Um, so yeah, that's not as big of a red flag as you might think. Um, but, uh, the 21% shooter percentage, again, very, uh, has always been a very, uh, opportunistic shooter career, 17.1%. So, um, I think there is a little bit more upside there just because of the surrounding cast, whereas like Aho is the driving force in that offense and on that team. Um, where, yeah, he's obviously more of a benefactor, but it's just, it's all good things, right? Like I, I we never understood why he was getting drafted as late as he was, obviously, you know, the last couple of years have been slower for him, but um, the upside is just so obvious and he's getting that usage and getting all of the minutes, playing 21 and a half minutes a night um, and getting all the exposure to Kucherov um, and when not with Kucherov, then he's with Stamkos. So um, yeah, he's just in a great spot and, you know, any concerns we had about his ice time or his usage um, that might've been baked into that ADP of obviously uh, been quieted and, and you feel really great about how he's going to be utilized and his potential production the rest of the way. Um so yeah, I don't know if he's going to keep scoring at that pace. He's, you know, he's, he needs to shoot around 20% to do it, but it's nice to see that his shot volume is closer. He's edging up and around three shots a game this year, and he's still right in line with his career shooting percentage at 17%. So uh, all very encouraging if he continues to play that much. Uh, could definitely be one of the big steals. Mostly like his ADP makes no sense because you take a look at the, at the ADPs and Evgeny Kuznetsov went 66.3%. And like, he's almost the, in such a similar situation, right? Like you, you say Aho drives the bus in Carolina point might be more of a passenger with Kucherov, but like Kuznetsov's a passenger with, with Ovechkin and he's going nearly twice as high as point. So like right. when you looked at that preseason, it was like, this makes absolutely zero sense that you guys would value Kuznetsov at 66 and then point at 117 when, um, honestly, I like points upside better yeah. than, than Kuznetsov. So, um, yeah, it made no sense. I, I think that we did pretty well on our center sleepers. Our center breakouts, we had Nick Suzuki, Jack Hughes, and Vincent Trocek. Uh, I think so far, Jack Hughes has been everything that we kind of hoped. Got out of the gates a little bit sluggishly, but he's been uh, dynamite ever since. So he was held pointless in his first two games, but in his last eight games, he's picked up four goals, six assists, 10 points, uh, 36 shots. That's the one thing that I just love from Hughes right now is the shot volume seems to be just, um, you know, way better than we've ever seen from him. He's got 44, he's averaging 4.4 shots per game right now, which is on pace for 360 shots, which is just dynamite. If he could score 40 goals, like <laughs> he could he like really could put up a hundred points for funsies. Like yep. he could put up 110. That's what we were talking about. It's what we were waiting for. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's why I was so excited about him because there wasn't really any red flags in his numbers last year. Um, wasn't quite at four shots a game, but he was right around there. And obviously, you know, at his age with his potential and the pedigree, the draft value or the draft stock, I should say, um, you know, certainly not a surprise to see him just continue to improve. We've seen it every year. Uh, to this point. So I think as long as he can stay healthy, um, big, big things on the horizon. Uh, my heart trophy bet, not looking quite as strong as it could if he, you know, didn't get off to a slow start in those first couple of games. I think maybe we'd be getting some buzz. But Or if Connor McDavid wasn't on pace for yeah. 170. Yeah, fair, fair, that too. But that's going to get old. All right, Connor's <laughs> done that. It's happened, but Jack get the pushing fatigue? for 120 is new. It's going to be exciting. He's going to carry the Devils into the edge of the playoffs. Uh, and we've seen if you score 100 points and get the Devils in the playoffs, you win the hearts. So. Yep, this is facts. Yeah. The uh, no, he's great. I love him, obviously. And it was uh, a bit of a worrying first two games, and just in terms of. Uh, I well, think we talked was, about him every single episode for like 
two month stretch. Yeah, but his first two seasons, I think his uh, shooting percentage for his first two seasons was six point eight percent. So to game get off to that slow start, it's a little bit concerning. Was you know the fifteen point eight he showed last year just a flash? Did we get a little bit too excited that he could convert? You know, a slightly above league average, but. And he's like, just kidding. I'm going to get 360 shots. Yeah, which is fine. Matter. He can shoot 10% and score 40 goals. So exactly. It's cool. A little bit more concerned about Nick Suzuki's potential. Just I think most of it has to do with his um, surrounding cast. He's off to a great start, 11 points in 10 games. But shooting 20% also has an on shooting percentage of 14%. We've talked about it with Cole Caulfield. Um, they're just not producing enough quality chances on a nightly basis to be able to sustain what they've done to this point. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a nice return, but we've talked about this already. We've talked about Suzuki. We've talked about Caulfield. And they are two players that I'm certainly looking to move at the moment. If I've got them, I actually don't have any shares in either of them. So I guess it's maybe a little bit easier to say that. But, um Vincent Trocek, I think, has been everything that I had hoped he'd be. Honestly, like you, I, I think that the numbers could be even better than what we've seen from him. He's hit quite a few posts. The um, that that second line in New York has been good, but not converting at like the elite rate that they probably should. He's shooting just nine point three percent, but he's got four goals, five assists, nine points in eleven games on a shooting percentage is ten percent. So. He could comfortably be around a point per game, I think, for the entire season. He seems to have fit in pretty well with Panarin. Yeah, and his shot volume through the roof, right? Incredible. shots in 11 games. Super encouraging because that's by something that kind of disappeared um, in Carolina. Just 168 shots on goal in 81 games last season. Uh, far cry from what he did uh, his last two full seasons in Florida where he had 287, 230 the year before that even. So, um, yeah, that... the. 287, you know, no surprise that that was his career year as well, right? 31 goals, 44 assists, 75 points. That was the Trocheck we were hoping to see here that you were able to steal at the bottom of your drafts. Um, perhaps even more. You're obviously playing with Panarin, right? There's a, a ton of upside there. Uh, we weren't quite sure what the minutes were going to look like either playing on the second line, but absolutely massive. Nothing to worry about there either. So 21 yeah. minutes a night. Yeah, I got him in a couple leagues. Super encouraging. Just sit and pat on him because... Um, like you said, he's almost been a little bit unfortunate shooting just 9% on ice shooting percentage, 10 and a half, nothing to write home about. So I think this is going to be par for the course the rest of the way out. I think, you know, we can confidently say he's at least the way he's playing right now. And with the surrounding cast, I, I think he's, um, I, I'd bet on him to at least produce back at that 75 point pace again. Yeah. Very encouraged by what we've seen early on. Okay. Let's move to the left wing position. Uh, Biebs had Andre Burakovsky. You had Michael Bunting. I had Taylor Hall. Uh, we'll start with Hall because he's somebody we talked about already quite a bit last year. I don't think we need to d- dive back in. I still think that he can maintain, um, you know, some decent numbers, even with Marshawn back. Um, it's, it hurts a little bit with Krejci right now, but it looks like Pasternak is going to stay on that line with Taylor Hall. So I think he can continue to maintain um, what he's done to this point. You also picked him up at pick 164. So, like, he's, he was at the bottom of your roster. Everything you get from him is gravy. If you can add him as a you know, back of the, back of a trade piece, um, and, and, you know, maybe upgrade a little bit then fine. But I think that you just kind of happy with what you're getting here at 164. Yeah. You obviously felt better with Krejci centering that line. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, it might result in him shooting the puck a little bit more. He's got just two shots a game, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, if you could get anything for him, but I, I I really doubt you could. Um, but I'm fine keeping him. I do have him at the bottom of my roster. Um, I keep having to decide on busy slates between him and DeBrusque, uh, which is getting harder and harder. I opted for him tonight. I think he has a point. DeBrusque doesn't. So there you go. Uh, was the right call tonight, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if give it a couple weeks time, just with DeBrusque, if he continues to see time with Bergeron and Marsha and he looks great getting the power play time as well. 
uh, if I start to lean there. But yeah, I mean, Hall, like you said, you got him at you got him at the at the bottom of your draft. Add him to the bottom of your roster, um, and he's certainly been worth holding on to. And I I agree that as long as he's at least playing with Pasternak, uh, he should be worth rostering for the rest of the year. Andre Burkowski's had a nice start in Seattle. Uh, that whole Seattle team is just been great in comparison to last year. Their scoring goals are actually enjoyable to watch. Uh, nine points in his first 11 games, three goals, six assists. He's shooting just 10%. He's averaging around three shots per game. His career shooting percentage is 14.5, though. So um, signs that he could actually improve what he's done thus far on a shooting percentage is 11.4, which is you know a, a little bit high for, for maybe a Seattle Kraken <laughs> team. But they've been playing pretty well. That's not an outlandish number that's going to just yeah. crater. So he could probably finish right around what he's done so far he can maintain this i think throughout the season and 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 he's another player that you got right at the end of the draft adp was one six one fifty eight so uh really nice pick there by biebs burkowski i've actually got him on a couple teams Uh, i actually taylor hall was my leveling sleeper i got him on zero teams but it's because i picked marshawn so um but yeah burkowski looking pretty good at 158 yeah him and george are both just firing the puck a ton Mm -hmm. uh wenberg very happy to you know concede any shooting opportunities to those two wingers. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see Burakovsky's shooting volume up, like three shots on goal a game, five shot attempts a game. He's never been anywhere close to these numbers before, and it's not like he's seen a whole lot of extra minutes, uh, just being utilized a little bit differently and, and being asked or being leaned on, I guess, a little bit more. So that's encouraging. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know if the uh, – like you said, the surrounding cast is going to be enough to really keep those numbers afloat. Uh, so I think he's going to continue to be worth holding on to, but he'd be someone that I would be looking to move uh, nine points in 11 games. Um, and yeah, like I said, I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot to fall back on. It's not that he's been fortunate to this point, but if those numbers dip at all, um, you know, George has never been a guy that's converted at a great clip. Wenberg hardly shoots the puck. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's a little bit fragile. And if you can get someone uh, to kind of buy into him being, you know, uh, the main cog on that team now for the first time in his career and look at him, he's a point-per-game player, then I think he's someone worth shopping. The, uh, the the Kraken are 19th in the NHL in expected goals for per 60 and 10th in the league in actual uh, goals scored per 60. So a little bit fortunate thus far shooting uh, as a team just under 11% ninth highest rate in the NHL. So yeah, maybe a little bit of good fortune in Seattle at the moment. Michael Bunting was your sleeper. Bit of a slow start for him. Five points, two goals, three assists through 11 games. But I talked about it yesterday on my DFS show. It's just this line um, of Bunting, Marner, and Matthews has been every bit as good as they were a season ago, but they're just not converting. Um, And it's a line that obviously, like you'd expect. So um, entering yesterday, I think they were at 5.2% as a line. Now they're at 4.62% as a line. That's obviously when you're playing with Marner, you're playing with Matthews. That's not a, a shooting percentage that's going to continue. They are going to ramp right up. Let me just see. I think last year they shot around 12%. So they're um, they're way under what they shot a season ago. They actually shot 15% a season ago. So, you know, maybe you could say yeah, it's a little bit of good fortune a year ago, but also when you're playing with Matthews, something like that is certainly maintainable. So I'm not concerned about Matthews. I'm not concerned about Marner, and I'm certainly not concerned about Bunting either. No, it's unfortunate that, you know, they haven't got off to the best start, but you obviously don't expect Bunting's numbers to look great when Matthews and Marner have gotten off to such a slow start. And Matthews in particular, four goals in 11 games, that's obviously... Uh, a far cry off the pace that we've seen him operate at the last few seasons. So yeah, the expectation obviously when we're pumping up a a sleeper pick like that is Matthews is going to continue to be Matthews. So when he goes through these cold stretches, 
obviously uh, Bunting's numbers are going to dip off as well. But as that line goes and as Matthew goes and as Marner goes and as they heat up, obviously inevitably Bunting will heat up as well. So you don't want to move on from him now. It would probably be the worst time to do so, and you're going to be kicking yourself in a couple of weeks when that line is popping off uh, and he's picking up secondary helpers left, right, and center. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, It's been such a bizarre start for them. Uh, breakouts this year, Biebs had Tim Stutzel. Um, you had Matt Boldy. I had Evander Kane. I think that we're pretty much nails across the board on this one. Stitzels looks tremendous in Ottawa. Um, Boldy, I think, has six goals already. And then Evander Kane has, I think, two hat-tricks already. So uh, for Stitzel, just six points in nine games, but he's looked much better than that. Shooting just 8.3%, so you'd expect the goal production will increase. 10% all-night shooting percentage. Um, did get bumped to the second line tonight, but the good news about being bumped to the second line in Ottawa now means you get to play with Dabrinkat and Claude Giroux, so not the worst place to be. Uh, I still like Stitzel's ability to break out this season moving forward. He's playing uh, 18 and a half minutes a night and, and with really, really good players, and when you watch them, he stands out like he's been buzzing all season. So I, I like his uh, ability to continue to have a, a breakout season. Yeah, I agree. Just would like to see him shoot the puck a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Been a slow start to the season for him in that regard. Uh, but too much talent there uh, to obviously not wait out on this guy uh, and hopefully see him put the buck on the back of the net or just you know fire it in the general direction of the net a little bit more often. Occasionally getting a puck on net would certainly go a long way in increasing his goal production. It's usually how it works. Matt Boldy's been outstanding. Six goals, four assists, and 10 points in 10 games. Uh, 3.2 shots per game, shooting 18.8% at the moment on a shooting percentage 14.5. So uh, probably a little bit fortunate, but he's still going to be a player, I think, as the season moves along that's going to be able to maintain a point-per-game pace. This is phenomenal. I would have been peddling him so much harder than I mm-hmm. even did as having him as my baker, or breakout if we knew he was going to be playing 19 minutes a game. It's incredible. Because right? we were looking at, you know, down the stretch in the playoffs last year, how his ice time dripped off. You know, he was playing even on the third or fourth line in, in a lot of those games. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, are they really going to hand the reins off to this kid or when push comes to shove, you know, are they going to shy away from giving him the big minutes? But it's, it's been phenomenal. He's getting all the right minutes in all the right situations. And yeah, he's just taking full advantage of it. Like you said, shooting 18%, uh, but you love to see the shot volume, 32 shots in 10 games, uh, six and a half shot attempts a game, which is just phenomenal suggests that, that those shot totals could actually continue to grow. Um, so yeah, I, I think, um, he's so involved in that offense that the assists and just based off what we saw last year, you have, um, some hope that he can be up around an assist every other game. And it looks like he's going to be a really reliable goal scorer. Um, so yeah, looks to be a really great player. Dynasty keeper leagues. He's an absolute gem. Uh, but in redraft leagues, he should be a real factor this season and not one that I would really be looking to move. Cause I don't think is really his name value and, and people have recognized just how good he is. I don't think it's, it's caught up with. Uh, with what you'd be looking to get out of him yet. So uh, I'm holding on to him, uh, you know, dual wing eligibility. He's amazing and uh, was one of the better steals of the draft for sure. And the good news about him is with that shot volume, even if that uh, shooting percentage inevitably dips, he's still going to be fine. He's still a guy that can score 40 goals yeah. with, with that shot volume. Uh, speaking of 40 goals, Evander Kane, shot volume machine, averaging 4.2 shots per game. Currently on pace for 344 shots in the season. Uh, playing over 20 minutes a night. He's got 11 points, 5 goals, 6 assists um, in 10 games. So when I said he has 2 hat-tricks, I was a liar considering he's only got 5 goals. It's physically impossible. But uh, he does have 1 hat-trick, so you'd love to see that. Not actually playing with McDavid as much as we thought, but he's playing with Dreis Heidel, which is pretty good. Uh, Dreis Heidel, one of the best passers in the world as well. So Vander Kane, I think, was a pretty... 
obvious breakout candidate coming into this season. That's why I scooped him up in a lot of my leagues at 64.8. Right wingers, Biebs had Troy Terry as his sleeper. Um, you had Blake Wheeler. I had Tyler Toffoli. I think this is uh, a couple swings and misses here from, from you and I a little bit. You know, 165 and 167. We weren't expecting, you know, tremendous things, just kind of steady production. Uh, we'll start with your boy, Blake Wheeler, because sure. we love to talk about him. He's been fine. Two goals, five assists, seven points, pretty much what you'd expect out of Blake. Yeah. Uh, 14 shots, though, in nine games. That shot production just continues to decline year after year, um, and it's kind of hit rock bottom, I think, at this point. Yeah, it's it's definitely a concern, because like we said, we not that it's uh, you rely on him for his goals, but uh, he's never shot at a great clip. But he's relied on some shot volume to still return some respectable, uh, you know, goal totals. Right, mm-hmm. consistently in the low to mid twenties uh, throughout his prime. There, the last couple of years dipped off a little bit, but still been around that pace over a full eighty-two games. Uh, but yeah, certainly with the shot volume he's putting up right now, he's, he won't get anywhere close to twenty goals. So that is concerning. Uh, starting to look like a little bit more. Um, kind of end of the career Hank Sedin-esque here. Maybe yep. Ryan Getzlaff towards the end of the prime where the assists are going to be up there uh, and it's going to be reliable in terms of points. But 10 goals, 60 assists. Yeah, we might be headed in that direction, it looks like, especially with the ice time dropping off as well. So, um, But, you know, this was a guy you got at the bottom of your draft. We we didn't say he you know, uh, would win you the league or anything like that, but it was a way to kind of wait on taking that third right winger and still get some reliable point production um, certainly if you're in a league that really doesn't favor assists over goals, then, you know, you're, you're quite happy with this start and, and you're probably fine with the outlook the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be something worth watching because you know, 17 and a half minutes, there's really no more room for that ice time to drop, uh, before we'd have to start consider maybe moving him off the roster. It's going to really start to affect the production at that point. Uh, but as for now, I think you just stay the course with him. Like, like you said, you're, you're happy with that return. Mm-hmm. It's not winning you the league, but certainly not still returning yeah. value with the, uh, you know, 14th round pick you had to spend on him. Yeah. Toffoli's been fine too. Seven points in eight games, four goals, three assists. The shot volume is really solid. 28 shots in eight games. Um, could easily score 30, 32 goals, uh, with that shot volume. The issue for me is that we were like, the reason I liked him so much was because he was going to be playing on the top line with Elias Lindholm and Johnny uh, Huberdeau. I almost said Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny <laughs> Huberdeau. And it's just not its not clicked early on. Um, Huberdeau's really struggled. Um, the only guy that's seemingly putting up points on a regular basis is Nazem Kadri. So it, it, it's been fine. The, the early, as, as we talked about, like ADP was 165 for uh, Toffoli. And where did you have Wheeler? 167. So, like, you know, this is literally the last round of your draft, and the early returns have been fine. That's why they're sleepers. We didn't have them as our breakouts. Who we did have as our breakouts, a little bit concerning. The starts for both Lucas Raymond and Seth Jarvis. But good news, both of them have goals tonight. So whatever numbers we're about to lay down are actually so much better. Uh, but Seth Jarvis, yeah, a bit of a slow start for that entire line. Uh, they, like I said, Aho has been picking up kind of a point every single night, but they haven't had any really dominant performances. The underlying numbers are still really, really good across the board. Um, and they're just not really converting at the clip that you'd imagine. But now Jarvis has three goals, one assist in 10 games. If he doesn't end up picking up any more points tonight. Uh, the only issue for me is, is just the way that this team doles out their minutes. Like, that Jordan Stahl line is so good that, like, they play more than any third line in the league, and yeah. they're so dominant. So, 
Uh, Jarvis is just around 15 and a half minutes, which is really going to hamper his ability to have a, a full-fledged breakout. Um, and I don't really see it improving too drastically. Um, but well, they're giving Stefan Nesson power play time over him now too, right? Yeah. So. And then you've got them just on a shooting percentage of just 7.1. It's all kind of working against him at the moment, but there's still some still reason for optimism here. And I still think that, um, you know, people who did buy into Seth Jarvis and uh, we're hoping for for a breakout season like we suggested are maybe now a little bit concerned about a sophomore slump. So I think he's actually a pretty decent buy low candidate at the moment because people did have to draft him, you know, fairly early and probably were a little bit nervous about it. Actually, no, he went 170. He's fine. But um, I guess I just drafted him early because yeah, I was so go. high on him. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's a pretty decent buy low option. He's still going to be playing on that top line with with Aho for the whole season, you'd imagine. Yeah, he's going to be he's getting dropped in a lot of leagues too. I think he's up around like down around forty three percent ownership too. So um, he's probably someone that if if you were to go after even on the trade market, you wouldn't have to give up much at all. Um, or you could even just wait it out and and hope that he goes another. Uh, well, you said he scored tonight, but maybe another game yeah. or two. Um, and they lose their patience, but yeah, forty-two percent roster. Just if you have record. any bottom of your roster fodder that you know you like a little bit less than Jarvis, it's it's certainly worth flipping for because, like you said, there's still a little bit of upside there, um, and you know, a great opportunity for him if if the minutes were to grow. Uh, but yeah, it's been a little bit disappointing to say the least, and you know, it's it's more about the usage and the opportunity than everything else, which is always the hardest thing to predict um, coming into the season. And for some teams, it's it's not very stagnant. Uh, but like you said, with the Canes, they do tend to just dole out a ton of minutes to the bottom six. So if he's not getting that power play one time, I think it'll be tough for him um, to really be worth holding on to for most of the season. But, you know, when, like I said, they're opting for the likes of Stefan Nosen um, over him, it's not like, you know, they exactly have an embarrassment of riches. So I wouldn't be shocked if he finds his way back on that top unit sooner than later, uh, especially if his play improves at 5v5. Lucas Raymond scored his third goal of the night to give him three or of the season, three goals, two assists in 10 games thus far. Uh, coming into tonight, he was shooting just 9.5%. The on-ice shooting percentage was at 8.3%. He looked slow out of the gate, but he's looking a lot better now. Uh, as somebody who watches the Red Wings on a nightly basis, he, he definitely didn't look like his dominant self from a season ago early, but he's, he's rounding back into form, which is good to see. Um, still with Dylan Larkin. It was Dylan Larkin, Piranha, and, and Raymond tonight, so I'm not concerned about him at all. No, he's still getting the minutes, um, you know, that they're giving him all the run he needs to kind of, uh, like you said, get over that slow start. So um, that would have been the one concern, right? Did the minutes get dulled back? Does he lose any sort of opportunity because he didn't hit the ground running? And um, certainly looks like they're going to be patient with him. You Especially would, with a new coaching staff, right? You never yeah. know exactly how it's going to go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we'd like to see that shot volume um, look a lot better than it is. Right now it's kind of right in line with where he was last year, a little bit over two shots a game. Shot attempts are up slightly. Um, and like you said, that has been trending in the right direction in recent games. He did have seven shots on goal in their game against the wild the other night. So, um, we've seen some good signs, you know, it's, it's never going to be perfect with uh, a 20 year old winger, but, um, I think just with this, like you said, what he flashed last year, um, the draft stock as well. And, you know, the fact that he's going to continue to get heavy minutes, going to continue to power play time, uh, with the best that the Red Wings have to offer. Certainly one that you want to hold on to. And yeah, definitely a, a buy low candidate. Someone that maybe I'm looking to throw the likes of a Toffoli, a Wheeler, something like that. A guy that's, uh, like we said, we're not feeling great about the their outset for the rest of the year, but uh, their numbers don't look quite as uh, paltry as, as Raymond's do so far. 
Yeah, I, he's one of the players I think that most people people are really concerned about early in the season. Like people were asking lots of questions, like what to do with him, and um, you know we always kind of preach patience. I, somebody actually called us out on Twitter. They were like, if they asked us like somebody asked me a question about Kyle Connor and the guy's like, here, I'll answer the question for you. He's going to tell you to be patient. It's like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do? Drop the guy? Cause he yeah. hasn't scored in nine games. Like, come on. Um, I it, think, well, people just forget at the start of the year that guys, you know, have five, 10, 15 game stretches where they don't produce like they normally do. And it happens all the time throughout the season. Sometimes it happens at the start of the year. Sometimes it happens in the middle of the year. Sometimes it happens at the end. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all, and you score 61 goals. Um, but, you know, that's just how it works. And if you want to sit here and take knee-jerk reactions and trade away Jonathan Huberto for Nick Suzuki, then by We've all means. We've been getting but. so many tweets about the trades people have pulled off for Jonathan Huberto yeah. and Kyle Connor, and it makes me so thrilled, and I just hope that they both bounce back because yeah. um, that would be great. McDavid now has 12 goals, by the way. He's on pace for 89 goals this season. Also, your boy Jake DeBrusque on your bench just scored wow. as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, McDavid, unbelievable start to the season. Unfortunately, he was not a breakout of ours. Uh, I, mm. A bit of a swing and a miss there by us, obviously. Uh, Drake Batherson was Biebs's, uh breakout right winger off to a very nice start that team is so fun to watch like we're watching them right now against the uh golden knights are down 5-4 but they have 43 shots on goal they just absolutely rip in the biscuit a uh, great pick here by Biebs. three goals eight assists 11 points 29 shots on goal coming into tonight i'm not sure if he's on the scoreboard they have four goals so i'd imagine he's probably uh on the score sheet somewhere but he's been really really good that top line looks great um, like I said, they moved Shane Pinto up there tonight with Kachuk and Batherson. He's been solid. So we'll see how, uh, how that affects things. If it doesn't work, I'm sure Stutzel will find his way back up there in short order. Losing Josh Norris was obviously pretty unfortunate, but Batherson doesn't seem to be missing a beat after putting up 44 points in 46 games a season ago, playing over 18 minutes a night still. Lots of good things. Shooting yeah. percentage is solid, 10.3%. On a shooting percentage, a little bit inflated at 12%, but that's where they were at for 44 games a season ago. So really talented group that can uh, probably maintain a on a shooting percentage a little bit higher than most. Yeah, I'm we're buying into this whole top 6 like you said, they're just creating a ton of offense and a lot, a lot of high event hockey. So, um I think the production is going to be pretty steady from that top 6 all season. Um even Giroux like, you know, I don't we were never buyers at his draft price, but I still think he's going to be able to get pretty close to what he did last year across, you know, his uh, the time he spent with Philly and Florida, 65 points in 75 games. You know, some very assist-heavy numbers. That's what I would expect to see from Giroud the rest of the year, just because uh, whether he's playing on the first or second line, like I said, that top six is just going to be so high event uh, for the rest of the season. It's just up and down, up and down the ice. So uh, nothing for Batherson yet tonight, but Timmy Stutzel is putting the puck in the right direction. He's got two goals, so that's Oh, there you go. Yeah, the second line's just been on absolute fire tonight. Um, But yeah, it's it's good, good news across the board here for... Drake Batherson. All right, Biebs is at the Blue Stones concert right now. We're going to have our own Blue Stones concert here for the next 60 seconds. When we get back, we'll talk about our defense and goaltender breakouts and sleepers. And, uh, yeah, wrap it up with some streamers. See you guys back here in 60. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision narrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set them free Because this silence is killing 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Season 8, Episode 16 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthume. Uh, we hope you enjoy those licks by the Blue Stones. Not as much as Biebs is enjoying them tonight at their album release party. Uh, Biebs told us that he actually bought the very first T-shirt of their tour. So Biggest fan. Biggest fan, uh, no doubt. Um, I'm sure we got some pretty big fans, though, that uh, listen to the podcast as well. So like we said, their album is out now uh, on anywhere you can listen to music. Get your ears on it. We are going to get right back into our sleeper breakout audits. Uh, we're going to talk about the Blue Line and the Blue Crease um, and then we'll be on our merry way. Uh, I guess we could start with Biebs' sleeper. You want to talk a little Dougie Hamilton? Sleepers for D. We had Dougie Hamilton, Eric Carlson, Rasmus Anderson. Let's start with Eric Carlson. No real misses in there. No bad place to start. Eric Carlson has nine goals, six assists, 15 points in 12 games. He's shooting 28%. Um, can we just talk about how insane nine goals in 12 games from a defenseman is? That's a 62-goal pace. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a lot of goals. It's insanity. Um, he's been obviously insane, and we talked about him a lot during the preseason because it just did not make a lot of sense where he was being drafted after the year that he had last year. Right. And like, it, 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 hockey is so much, or fantasy sports in general, I guess, it's just so much like, what have you done for me lately? And it's easy to, it's often easy to forget just how good somebody was at one point and like Eric Carlson was was a fantasy god for a very very long time so you know obviously getting up there in age but there's a reason he was an absolute stud back then and, sure. and, and still obviously has that in him um just to give you a number here that is probably going to shock you a little bit um they have scored the San Jose Sharks that is have scored 29 goals um so he has 31 percent of the Sharks offensive production to yeah. start the season which is absolutely wild he's been in on over 50 percent of their goals yes yeah he's factored in on 50 percent he's scored 31 it's yeah. it's pretty impressive stuff yeah I mean I mean 
we weren't predicting this. No, um, just wanted him to be like a a, a capable number two fantasy yeah. defense. And I think he's ADP. one of the best sell highs out there. Easily, because that's why I wanted to talk about him first. Like, would you like? You could probably get Roman Yossi for him right now. You could get anybody really. You, you would could, think you I could mean, get you probably anybody. Yeah, and you know, I get you send Kale McCarr. Why not start there? Work your uh, way down. So true. Yeah. I do that in Madden all the time. Just <laughs> offer a trade. And you're like, oh, no, you don't want to do with that. Okay, what's the next worst option? No, I, I, I mean, I would think that the Makar owner is a little bit more in tune than that. But, I mean, he's got no goals in nine games. Carlson's got nine and 12. So, uh, but, I mean, this the reason that I'm saying that you should sell high on him is the exact reason why I was saying that Makar might not ever score more goals than he did last year. It's just hard to maintain a high shooting percentage from the back end. 11.7 was crazy high. That's what Makar shot last year with 240 shots on goal to get to 28 goals. Uh, So this head start that Carlson is off to, it's just insane. The one thing to me is that like... Just to remind the listeners, you said he shot 11% last year. That's Makar. Yeah. Eric Carlson is at 28.1%. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's even shooting... Like he's shooting the puck more, which we expected to see with the departure of Brent Burns. That's encouraging. Still a little bit shy than three shots a game. Like, we're not talking about, you know, he's not going to be leading the blue line in terms of shots on goal. Uh, still, you know, he's not on the Dougie, the Brent Burns, um, or even the McCarr level yet. So, yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. But we looked at him as a guy that is probably going to be, uh, you know, nailed down for about a 55 to 60-point pace for the rest of the season. A guy that you could reliably pencil in as a top 20 fantasy defenseman. Uh, that you could get at the bottom of your draft, right? So that was the big appeal with Carlson. ADP was 141. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping for, you know, some sort of resurgence with Burns leaving. I, you know, I, none of us expected, obviously, anything close to this. I don't expect him to... Eric Carlson didn't expect this. Yeah, and I don't expect him to... I don't think this is the old Eric Carlson. He's playing great, uh, but I just don't think at this point in his career that he's going to carry an offense to the point where he's going to get 50, 60 assists like he used to for fun. Uh, I think... He's still going to be a guy that, you know, best case, we're probably with that surrounding cast looking at an assist every other game. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that into consideration. Uh, the shot volume, it's not like it's exploded. So you're going to expect that shooting percentage to fall back down to earth. Maybe you get five to 10 goals from him the rest of the season. Uh, if we're being, you know, realistic, maybe he stays hot a little bit longer, you get a couple more goals over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, I think this is a guy that. Again, I'm expecting to be at around a 60-point pace the rest of the season. So if you can trade him for any of those top 5 to 10 fantasy defensemen who we can rely on to get you closer to a point per game or you know that 70-point pace, I'm definitely looking to move him. But like I said, I think you can start at the very top and just, just work your way down. Yeah, if you play the extrapolation game with what he's done so far, um, over the remaining 70 games that they've got, if he maintains his shot volume and goes back to his career of 6.8% uh, shooting, he'd score about another 13 goals. So still a lot of value there. I think the one thing, too, like that makes him such a sell-high candidate for me, and it's unfortunate, but you really do have to factor in the injury risk here, right? Like This is a guy that has not played over 60 games since 2018. Yeah. Obviously one short or two shortened seasons in there, but nonetheless, he's, he's physically not played more than 60 games in a year. So there's there's higher injury risk with him than there is anybody else and, and, and not anybody else but a lot of these top tier defensemen and if you factor that in and with the obvious regression that's coming his way he's the most obvious sell high candidate in fantasy hockey at the moment. yeah and it just helps that for like five years you know he was the best fantasy defenseman for that entire stretch right so people are going to look at him and be like damn like is this a resurgence do we have the old Eric Carlson uh where really if you look at the numbers it just seems that uh, he's just incredibly hot right now. Puck's going in for him, right? Pretty fortunate, probably, what we would call puck luck. 
Um, yeah, like he's obviously playing incredibly well right now. He's very, very hot, um, but it's just not anywhere near sustainable. And it's not like, you know, he's going to fall off and be around that 70, 80 point pace. Like we said, we expect him to be around 55, 60 points the rest of the year. So cash in while you can. The Sharks ranked uh, bottom 10 in the NHL in expected goals, four per 60 in all situations. So not a team that's going to light up the scoreboard on most nights. They're going to basically be relying on uh, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, and Tomas Hurdle to right. do the majority of their damage, and they can't just carry the team the entire season. So, yeah, uh, terrific sleeper pick, and cash in that lottery ticket if you can right now. Like, B, like D said here, you know, start with Kale McCarr and work your way down, and, and, and you can find somebody, you know, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Adam Fox, um, John Carlson. Like, those were our top five defensemen coming into the season. And if you could land any of those five for Eric Carlson, I would certainly be looking to pull the trigger there. For sure. Um, It'd be hard to really, like, settle for anything, like, less than the top five, really. Yeah. But uh, Rasmus Anderson was your sleeper pick. You know, it's just been kind of a case of the entire... Calgary Flames being off to a bit of a sluggish start. Um, he's been solid, though. Seven points, one goal, six assists. So he, he hasn't really been slowed down too, too much. But um, honestly, like, if they find that offense, I think that he's going to be more than fine. Yeah, and I mean, this is exactly what we were hoping for, right? You weren't expecting him to, to light the world on fire. He's not going to score a lot never, of goals. No, he's never scored more than five goals in a season, right? He's The shot production probably going to be a shot every other game, but it's more about the assists you're getting out of him and the power play production. And again, like Carlson, just the fact that you could wait on picking this guy up until the very bottom of your draft, be able to fill out your other positions and know that you're still getting a reliable top 20, 24 fantasy defenseman. And that's what he is. That's what he's going to continue to be this season. Um, he's already got four power play assists. That's the big draw, right? Um, I think there was a lot of misconception there over what Mackenzie Weger was going to bring to this blue line <laughs> and how he was going to factor in, but obviously not seeing any power play time. That, that's all Rasmus Anderson. And like you said, that's a power play um, that we do expect to improve as the year goes on. So uh, yeah, I think you got to be happy considering the team struggles with the fact that he's got you seven points in eight games um, and just sit tight and, and hope that the offense turns it around because, yeah, the assist should continue to pour in, but just don't expect them to, to chip in many goals. And then the final sleeper on the blue line was Dougie Hamilton, somebody that we all liked coming into the season. Uh, I think we were basically in lock, lockstep with all three of these uh, these sleeper picks, and Dougie's been off to a really nice start. We talked about how um, that Devils team should take a step forward, and, and to be honest with you, Given what we've seen from the Devils thus far, it's actually surprising to me that Dougie's numbers aren't even a little bit better. Uh, but the shot volume remains very strong for him. 3.4 shots per game. He's got two goals, five assists in 10 games. Uh, coming into tonight, on ice shooting percentage is 8.4, which seems stunning given how many goals that team has scored. Yeah, and it's just the shot volume is is what it's all about, right? And definitely the fact that um, that top six looks like it's taken another step forward this year should bode well for his assists. But the big draw with Dougie is that his goal production is just so reliable, right? Um, you see it already two goals in 10 games, nothing right home about, but he's right around his career average with a 5.9% shooting percentage shooting over three shots a game. If he does that for the rest of the season, he's going to have no problem finishing with around 15 goals, uh, gets a little bit hot from the blue line. And then all of a sudden 20 goals is in play. So, yep. uh, assist totals, the fact, you know, you just love it. If he can be anywhere near an assist every other game, uh, you take that home to the bank. Cause you know, he's going to be one of the top goal scorers from the back end career high of 37 assists. So if he can get anywhere near that, or even top that this year, um, certainly could have a career year. And again, just another really easy, safe bet on draft day that's um, no doubt return value and should continue to do so over the course of the year. Yeah, like that, we all liked that team's prospects. And I think even um, like prospects coming into the season, right. not their physical 
Um, but they've exceeded expectations to this point. And right now, their power play, which we talked about, struggled quite a bit last year, but was obviously way better when Hughes and, and Hamilton were in the lineup, currently has the second highest expected goals for uh, per 60 in the NHL behind only the New York Rangers. So if that power play keeps humming along, it's great news for for Jesper Brad and Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. So uh, great there. Breakout-wise, we had... Um, Gustav Forsling, who's actually been a bit of a crystal ball. Uh, I Biebs knew. Yeah, he just. I mean, it's not a crazy bet that Ekblad would probably pick up a random injured. long-term injury. Yeah, but. it seems to be happening all the time. You had Evan Bouchard, who has been off to a bit of a slow start. We've talked about him quite a bit. It's just a matter of just like needs to be on that top power play unit, it's, and it's, it's just, definitely turned around since we since we talked. The about minutes it, right? have bounced back a little yeah, bit for and, sure, and uh, he's not going to be that true breakout. And we talked about it on the breakout episode. You know. Uh, Unless he really starts to see that top power play time, he'll probably just be what he was last year. 43 points, 81 games. Um, certainly nothing to scoff at. Hopefully we see the puck start to go back in the net for him. Hasn't scored yet this season. Um, but yeah, the real concern was the minutes. They had fallen off completely. Back up around 20 minutes a game, which is nice. Again, that was the floor we were hoping for, right? That was the big scare a couple weeks into the season was that we don't even have that floor of what he's done last season, let alone whether or not he'll build on it. So He's back to the point where you feel good about keeping him on your roster. You feel good about what you're getting him. In the meantime, knowing that there's always this potential for more if they start to give him more minutes, if he gets that power play time, if there's an injury on that back end. Yep. One, to bury, opens up the power play time. Two, to nurse, opens up 30 minutes. To be yep. um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely um, some very viable and obvious routes for him to take that next step forward still. So that's encouraging because it looked like they were just going to kind of uh, completely box out his fantasy value this season. But not the case. Seems to be back around what he was doing last year, which oh, he, is good enough for now. He is so back. I had Noah Dobson six points in 10 games. It's been you know pretty similar to what we saw from him um, a season ago. He's on pace for about 50 points. He had 51 last year. So the breakouts doesn't seem to be coming, but I'll take another 50-point season out of him, I suppose. I guess it's, it's, it's going to be difficult for him to, like, he'll probably score double-digit goals again. He had 13 last year. That's basically what we expect um but it's going to be difficult for him to really reach that breakout until these islanders um start scoring more goals which they have this season the offense has definitely been better um than it has been in years past so if that continues i still think that there's an avenue for him to continue to um or to like kind of increase his numbers what he's done so far the islanders currently seventh in the nhl in goals four so you can look at that one of two ways one it's kind of alarming that they have improved their goal scoring and he hasn't picked up that many points or two, it's just if they maintain this, he'll eventually start yeah. picking up points. I'm not sure which one's correct, but on a shooting percentage is 9.5 right now. So it kind of leads me to believe that this is kind of might be where he tops out. Right. Right. And I mean, in our defense, I was going to say there really hasn't been any breakout defenseman, but then I remembered Rasmus Dahlin as a thing. So yeah, didn't quite hit on that one. Uh, apologies for that. Wish we, we saw that coming, but um I guess, we should talk about Rasmus probably a little yeah, bit. Yeah, ADP was uh, 81.3. He was going right around the same spot as Mackenzie Weger. So hopefully if you were staring those two options in the face on draft day, you at least, at the very least, listened to us and said, Did, okay, we, I cannot take Mackenzie Weger here. I'm going to take Darlene. So I'm sure we landed some people yeah. with Darlene. But yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. Six goals, uh, eight assists, 14 points in 10 games. He is shooting... Uh, 16.7%, but the 3.6 shots per game is in, in, you know incredible. Uh, that power play looks really good. That team looks great. The honest shooting percentage is at 15%, so that's a little bit alarming, obviously, but yeah. he's picking up points on a nightly basis. That and team that looks... team's obviously had some big nights, so it makes sense that uh, on ice is the size it is. But yeah, I mean, great to see. Um, his shot volume was kind of plateauing the last couple of years, so for it to balloon to this point, 
super unexpected, and it's why you know it was off our radar coming into the season. Um, and just the fact that his ADP we thought was was pretty fair, right? He wasn't in a spot where um, he was really falling to you in drafts. You kind of had to to reach for him and and be a believer. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously another guy that you would expect um, the goal scoring to, to fall back a little bit, but um, certainly looks to really have cemented himself uh, within that top five to ten fantasy defensemen. Because like you said, there's not. Uh, a whole lot of names right now that are really going to generate that that sort of buzz, right? So, um, yeah, you're not going to be able to trade for him at this point. It's far too late. If you did pick him up, good job by you because he looks to be a real stud. Don't expect him to score six goals every 10 games. But, no. Uh, certainly a guy that looks capable of, of being amongst the league leaders in terms of goal and point production from the back end. Yeah, I think the one issue here is I think the, the Sabres have probably been a little bit fortunate to date. Um, they're, they're probably playing a little bit above their heads and are probably due for a little bit of a regression. So he's maybe a, a, a sell-high candidate. But again, like I said, the defensemen are so kind of few and far between with the when it comes to the elite of the elite, unless you're landing somebody that's like the, the top three defenseman form is really no point. So I think you kind of just hold on and be like, you know, he's going to be a top five defenseman this season and just ride it out. Honestly, I wouldn't off. I don't think I'd offer him straight up for anyone but Makar. Like, just because, like, with how good he looks, and you know, you feel good about the supporting cast, just in the sense that uh, at least whenever he's out there in an offensive situation or on the power play, there's a lot of weapons for him to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's driving the play himself. He's getting a ton of shots off, and yeah, like he's gonna fall off. But he has 14 points in 10 games. Like yeah. he could fall off. A, like there's a oh, lot yeah. of room for regression there, where he's still going to be amongst those top two or three. He just has to be at a point per game and he's going to be among the Victor. Yeah. And like he's 22 years old. So there's like, we really don't know. He's obviously still getting better. So yeah, I I think Bakar is the only one that I would actually move Darlene for right now. I I, I think he's that good. Even in in redraft leagues. If if somebody, if you had Darlene and somebody offered you Victor Hedman, would you turn it down? I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd have to, because I, I think that with how good he looks right now, like, with, with how strong the underlying numbers look, like to me, it looks like there's a, a solid 65 to 70 point floor there, which is what you would say for Hedman. So I don't really think that you know you're getting a whole lot more safety uh, and moving for for Hedman here uh, in Darlene. I the real tiebreaker for me with Darlene would be that shot volume. It's yeah. been so so good. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's just a bit of an unknown. And uh, we saw with Makar last year, like if even if he can just, you know, stay relatively hot for the next month or so and, like, he gets that head start, 20-plus goals from the back end uh, over a point-per-game pace or anything around that, it can win you a league. So um, there's just so much upside here. It's 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 exciting. He's a couple years younger than Makar, too, if you didn't know. Goaltending, real issue for us. They are voodoo, so it's hard. Sure, sure. But struggled a little <laughs> bit with the goaltending. Beebs' sleeper was John Gibson. He's been poop. True. Um, your sleeper was Matt Murray. He hasn't even really gotten a shot. He got hurt right away. Yeah, I feel him getting hurt saved me from looking even worse on that one. So. Yep. But we were guessing with some of these situations, obviously. My breakout was Francois. And again, it was it's a guess. Like, you're hoping that they win the job. And, yeah. you know, it. Could I still be, stand so- by the fact that it didn't make sense to take Samsonov five rounds before Murray. And it didn't make sense to take... Gorgiev so much earlier. Five rounds before Frank Sons, Yeah, but. I, I agree. I still think Francois was a great pick. I'm still you know, I'm still fine with it. <laughs> He's still a great start whenever he plays. Yeah, exactly. Um, my sleeper actually has been pretty good. And that was Connor Hellebuck. He's 4-2-1. Two, 241 goals against average. 931 save percentage. He's been every uh, bit as good as he was in years previous. And my one... Uh, thing that I wanted to see from the Jets was improved defensive play under Rick Bonus. Um, 
it hasn't really improved too drastically. They're still 25th in expected goals against per 60, so that's a little bit of a concern, but um, he's looked great. So that's one spot we definitely hit. Breakouts, not terrific either. Jeremy Swayman for uh, Biebs, again, he he struggled out of the gate. Allmark really kind of uh, ham, you know, put him in a box there to just not be able to start as many games early in the season, and then he gets hurt like fairly long-term, it looks like it could be. So that's... Didn't really get a chance, similar to Murray. You had Francois, as we just mentioned. And then I had Thatcher Demko, and he has been just <laughs> disastrous. But in fairness, I did have Bobrovsky as my bust, and he's been pretty bad. Yeah. So t- you win some, you lose some. You had Ottinger as your bust. He's been outstanding. But then he got hurt, too, so maybe maybe it's all downhill. So um, in terms of gold center rankings, though, I mean, it's been pretty accurate. Uh, for us. So yeah, maybe our sleepers, busts, and breakouts didn't hit, but goalies are voodoo. But when you take a look um, you know, at our consensus rankings, we were pretty spot on, maybe outside of Jeremy Swayman at number 10. And then UC Saros has been a little bit slow out of the Hellebuck gate. Hellebuck was 10. Hellebuck was 10? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh, okay. So Swayman Hellebuck was 11. My apologies. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm looking just at Biebs' rankings. Yes, you are correct. So yeah, we had... Uh, let me just go over them again. Yeah, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, Markstrom, pretty good so far. UC Saros has struggled, but Sorokin, Anderson, Fleury, Kemper, Yari, Hellebuck, pretty good. Yeah. Not too shabby. And we'll uh, take it. Yeah, it, it, uh, goalies are voodoo. It's always going to be difficult. Um, I know in all my leagues, my goalies are looking pretty good. So hopefully our listeners are able to, you know, we, we preached... We preached that draft strategy to, you know, grab some good goalies early and wait on the centers. And and if you did, you should be sitting. Like, you could, we talked about it. You could have reasonably not drafted a center and grabbed Braden Point, Rupe Hintz, and Mark Scheifele, like, in three consecutive picks in the 10th, 11th, and 12th round. Yeah. And your team would be electric right now. Yeah. So, hopefully that happened. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed. Oh, we have weekend streamers. Yes. I always forget. It's going to be quick. Don't yeah, worry. It's a brutal uh, schedule this yeah, week. Yeah, it's tough. We got just two games on Friday, 14 on Saturday, and then three on Sunday. Uh, so, only the Hurricanes will be playing both Friday and Sunday. Uh, so, obviously, in terms of skaters, they're going to be where we turn our attention this week. Otherwise, you're just looking uh, for one game plug and plays. Uh, Netchass, obviously unlikely to be available, given his flaming hot start to the season he's owned in 67 percent of leagues obviously if he's out there pick him up he should be on your roster anyway uh in terms of streaming options in that top six really just limit us to the aforementioned seth jarvis 42 percent owned uh and yes barry cock and yemi at three percent owned two players that have really uh squandered some prime opportunities so far this year just five points combined between the two of them uh but the options as we said very very limited this season so i've definitely rolled the dice with uh rolled the dice with jarvis if he's available uh, like we said, there's still some long-term upside there too. So it gives you, you know, if he is available, you can get him in a nice two-game audition this weekend. Uh, I think Coco, just because there's nothing else out there, worthy of a dart throw in the deepest of leagues. And then if you're feeling especially lucky, uh, he's gotten way too much uh, airtime already on this podcast. But Stefan Nosen um, is on that top power play unit on the fourth line as well. So he's barely playing 12 minutes a night. Uh, but again, on the top power play with Aho, Sveshnikov, Nichas, and Burns. Uh, he is seeing the power play time that you want to see, despite, like we said, just 12 minutes a night on the fourth line. Five points in his last seven games. So you can play him and have a slight prayer that you might be able to pick up at least one extra point over the weekend. And here's hoping it comes on the power play. Other than that, we're going to look at the goalies real quick. We got back-to-backs. Anaheim Saturday at San Jose, Sunday versus the Panthers. I'd be down to play Gibson, 44% on if he gets the Sharks. Uh, no interest in whoever has to take the Panthers on at the edge of a back-to-back after traveling uh, on Sunday there. Buffalo Friday at the Canes, Saturday at the Lightning. I will pass on those two games. I'm assuming it's the same for you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado and Columbus, home and home, Friday, Saturday. That's fun. You don't see that too often. It's in anymore. Finland. Oh, that it's makes in, sense. It's in Finland. So it's not a home and home. It's uh, one of those international series games. Yes, it's an away away. Away away, yes. Very far away. It's a neutral away. neutral. Yes. Um, home game for a couple of the players, Rantanen, Line A. Yeah, there you go. And it is a, a home and away game for each of them on the schedule. It's had to be fair about it. But uh, So France O's, 37% owned. Uh, should definitely get one of those games. I can't imagine they play Georgiev on both ends of a back-to-back in Europe. Um, so, yeah, François against the Blue Jackets, which either game he gets, he'll be one of the best spot starts this weekend. Uh, Red Wings, Saturday versus the Islanders, uh, Sunday in New York against the Rangers. Um, any interest in that Saturday start on the Islanders, Brock? You feeling brave? Like if Varlamov gets a start, are we talking about the I- talking about the Red Wings? Oh, you, like okay, so Huso, it'd be Huso, right? I mean, Nedeljkovic and Huso—they've been kind of alternating. So with Nedeljkovic or Huso going tonight, I wouldn't be shocked if Saturday's Nedeljkovic and Sunday's Huso. Okay. Um, Nedeljkovic hasn't looked very good, so maybe they'll just maybe yeah. they'll just start Huso both games. Yeah, the, it's unfortunate because whenever there's a widely available goalie to start on Sunday, you know, you're you're at least turning your attention to him because maybe the goalie categories are lost otherwise and there's no risk there. Uh, but with that game taking place on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't think, again, it'd be the, the most desperate of starts if you're starting them on the tail end of back-to-back after they have to travel to New York because the game against the Islanders is in Detroit. I assumed yes. they were on Long Island and then go to New York. Makes too much sense. They're playing at home in Detroit Saturday, then they got to fly to New York, play the Rangers on Sunday. Sounds like a nightmare. Sounds like six goals for the Rangers. So uh, I would be out on that second start. Uh, and like I said, with that first start coming on Saturday, probably not a whole lot of interest there as well. Panthers, we got Saturday uh, in LA, Sunday in Anaheim. Uh, Spencer Knight would be a great spot start in Anaheim, but unfortunately he's 74% owned because neither of those two goalies can figure it out right now. So Really not a spot start option there. Uh, and then the Maple Leafs, we got Saturday versus Boston, Sunday in Carolina. I think it's always tempting to spot start a goalie for teams like the Maple Leafs whenever you can. Um, but, you know, unless you're really chasing the goalie categories on Sunday, I would stay away from Chalgren. The Leafs are going to have to travel after playing Boston in Toronto to Carolina uh, to play a rested Hurricanes team. So certainly a ton of risk in that start. So unless you're chasing the stats or unless you're already behind uh, you know, in save percentage goals against average, I wouldn't be chasing this win uh, because the, the Leafs are going to be dogs to win that game. Um, and it could certainly get out of hand um, if uh, if the Hurricanes are, are playing hot that night. So a uh, lot of risks there. Really only one slam dunk start this weekend in Franco's. Uh Skaters, it's pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Jarvis, Cock and Yummy, Nesson, that's that's really what we're looking at. It's, it's dark times. Yeah, I wrote I, I wrote up a streaming article at the start of the week outlining the entire week of streamers and the way it worked this week with so few games on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. It was like such slim pickings. Like I, I think I wrote up Cal Yarn Croak and it's just like, this is just so desperate. Like I wrote about Nick Robertson. I'm like, but do not pick him up until you see what they do in practice on Tuesday because he might be sent to the AHL before then. And then he was scratched. So yeah. glad I pointed that one out because I, I had a feeling that was coming. His his roster spot did not feel overly secure. Fair. So that's going to do it for season eight, episode 16 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Brock Segan. Hopefully, Beeb's Bondi enjoyed the Blue Stones. We've got Dylan DeBerthian here as well. We'll see you guys back here for a Monday morning pod in a couple of days. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers. Peace.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 